You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Look, I don't know what it's like to be a vampire. You know, I, I, I don't sleep all day and live at night and I can't turn into a bat and I can't live for hundreds and hundreds of years. But if it gets any hotter, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to burst into flames the next time I walk out into the sun. It is so fucking hot right now. It is kind of nice to actually see some cool weather, uh, pre-Halloween type of media, and, and I'm all for it. When I see vampires, I just think, oh, a chill in the air, the leaves are turning autumn brown, and I'll be able to feel normal again, like a regular fucking human being. I feel like a lot of our friends might be vampires, though, because a lot of them I only see at night. Well, that's true. I mean, technically, that's true of me as well. But I assure you, I am out during the day. I'm just not out in the fucking sun, because <laughs> it's too hot. <laughs> it's like, even this Mexican goes, you know what? It's too hot, even for me. No. Uh, I'm staying indoors. Have you tried smearing somebody else's sweat on your body? Not lately, but I can think of a few fun ways to try it. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of fun ways to try different bodily fluids all over yourself, uh, we are talking about the brand new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Joining me today on the One of Us Vampiric Council is Spider Mike. Howdy, howdy. And Kim. How's it going, guys? I am Marco, the oldest of the vampires, but I assure you, not immortal. <laughs> Just the oldest one on this review. Uh, and already, as you can clearly see, falling apart. They can't see us, Marco. You know this. <laughs> well, that's because, you know, I can't be captured on film or in mirrors, Mike. Yet it's a mockumentary and they can videotape them. I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter. Well, it's a silver thing. The explanation is, was always screwy. The question I have for you guys is, does this show still have any life in it left? It's starting to get a little long in the tooth after five seasons. I thought this was going to be the last season, but apparently it's not. It's a tricky one because it's one of those things that it felt like it could have been the final season if it had if there's one specific thing that doesn't happen at the end. I think I think it still has legs. The issue is that the main focus thing I felt was getting close to a finale, but I think they did a good job as to why it wouldn't work out this way, if that makes sense. I can't say because it would be a giant massive spoiler for the ending. So I don't want to say that this show has gone too on too long. I want to see all the seasons. I'll watch 10 seasons. This was the weakest season, in my opinion, for I think the biggest reason being that it's an ensemble cast. We're all here for this cast and how they interact. And it was just spread out too thin for me. A lot of the characters had their own storylines just by themselves with maybe a random character. And I didn't get to see my favorite pairs together this season. There was very little Nandor Guillermo action, very little Naja Laszlo or Laszlo with anybody. Honestly, Laszlo was pretty, except for a few episodes with um, Sean and Nandor, 
Laszlo didn't really have an arc. None of the characters had a good arc for me this season. I totally agree with that. And that raises one of my other issues with this show is that it's very hard for me to synopsize it. What happens this season? I mean, again, you have a variety of standalone episodes with some season arcs, some season-long character arcs that Kim has alluded to, but I think in very few cases did they pull it off successfully. Season four ended with Guillermo finally just deciding to become a vampire, tired of waiting for Nandor to turn him after years of promising, and, you know, we go, oh, he's going to be a vampire, and so when we start off this season... It turns out that the vampirism hasn't really stuck in Guillermo. That might be because of his Van Helsing bloodline. That's conflicting with the vampire curse. Who knows? And that sets off, you know, the whole season of trying to keep it secret from Nandor, who is obligated to kill his familiar if they become a vampire through other means. It gets uh, Matt Berry's Laszlo trying to solve this problem to see if he can reverse the curse or get Guillermo to go full vampire. And, of course, Nadja seems to be having some kind of curse of her own uh, that she's trying to figure out where it happened and why she's having such bad luck. And meanwhile, you've got uh, Kristen Shaw, who's now a, a series regular, as uh, the guide, a new member of the household, who's like, hey, how come no one's paid attention to me? You know, it's all these strands. And yet I felt by the end that it just kind of, I have to agree with Kim. I I think this is the weakest season, and I hate saying that because I had a lot of fun with this season. It's just compared to the others, kind of weak. It really the the main thing about this season is it really depends on what you want to get out of it. The reason why it's the weakest in a lot of ways, but not completely like to, the reason it's not completely the weakest to me is because every the entire season is about Guillermo, and so if you focus on that part of it, then that part of it works. I think perfectly. The problem is, like Kim said, this is an ensemble show. <laughs> this isn't the Guillermo, the familiar show. This is the show about all these other people. And there's some great setups that come up that aren't played with. Like the very first episode, when I remember seeing the description for it, it's just called The Mall. And you're like, oh, I can't wait to see these guys interact with The Mall. And that's like five minutes of an, the entire 20-minute episode. And you're like, well, that kind of sucks because I would have loved to have seen more of them dealing with that like i wanted it to be kind of like the um that what was the the supernatural market from the last season i think it was i don't remember the name of it but i wanted it to be like that where the entire episode centered around them being there and being like and reacting to different chops and stuff because i thought i thought when they were at the mall that was the best part of that episode and then and then there's the pride parade episode i'm like that's a great fun idea but even that stuff isn't the the focal point of what's going on in it. It's like there's so many great setups that you don't do anything with, and that really kills a lot of the enjoyment for a lot of these episodes. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I actually have the episode list in front of me, and a lot of the titles and summaries got me really excited. And I think um, particularly the episode called The Roast, that one I was like, oh, this is going to be, you know, they have great writers on this. This is going to be comedy gold. And then, honestly, the roast for me felt extremely flat. The, the jokes in the roast, I mean, I know the characters, they are meant to be accidentally funny. They don't, they don't think what they're doing is funny. But in this episode, they just really didn't sell that for me at all. The whole 
five minutes that we were in the roast was the dullest part of that episode. It was a shame. It was just and like, it's a roast wow. for Laszlo. For Laszlo, one of the funniest characters. And, and he's barely in that episode. Yeah. It's like just sitting around, like just, you know, days. It's like, did they not give any lines to Matt Berry? He's like, yes, yes, come again, or whatever whatever he said. Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah uh, very good. Something and like then, that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's so much setup. And he, and they bring in Sean for it, and you're like, you ho- you're hoping they see, oh, what would Sean do for a roast? And then never, he never even gets a chance to be part of the roast. And it's just like, man, you guys have so much great setups. Although it had my favorite, one of my favorite gags in it, which was when the Baron's all pissed off. It's like we have humans here, except for Sean. He's pretty cool, so I'm just gonna let that I'm gonna let that be cool with it. So he's the exception. Yeah. I was like, I love that. Yeah, it, it's such a great ensemble cast, and when they let them off the chain, it's so much fun to see these guys just totally commit to it. But as I mentioned with Matt Barry, and I think Kim also touched on it earlier, there are certain characters that seem to just disappear from the narrative this season, and you kind of wonder, like. Was he just not available? Did they like trim him down as much as possible and just like keep him to a minimum? It's kind of frustrating. And to piggyback on what Mike was saying, the setups are there. And I think when I think back on this series, and I think some of the best episodes are when they just lean into that sitcom formula, which is like, let's take an established group with a known dynamic and put them in a totally new situation and see what happens. Like, you know, when they invite a home renovation TV program to come and remodel the house, and the whole episode is just around that. That, to me, is when this show really works, when it's just doing that episodic sitcom format. But the season arcs, trying to stitch it all together and have, like, some build and grow of the characters, that doesn't work with the sitcom format because usually you need all of those characters to just go back to the status quo in time to start the next episode. And here I felt really this season is where those two tendencies were not always working together. Well, that's why I somewhat disagree is that the season, or not the season, but the show has done a really good job of doing that in the past because which uh, season two specifically is the one where Guillermo discovers that he's a Van Helsing. And so it's him dealing with the the very idea that he is a, a really powerful vampire killer in a world where he really wants to be a vampire. but And so he's dealing with the repercussions of all that and dealing with his side stuff and his own storyline while other people are dealing with their own shit too. Like there's the stuff, like and, and all of those setups are, are done the whole way through. Like there's the great episode, The Curse, in that season where Guillermo finally goes out and speaking of Derek, it's when him and Derek go and they attack the um, the vampires that are there in that house. And so Guillermo's having this great little story arc thing that's going on. Meanwhile, the others are freaking the fuck out over a chain email. And it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. And it's and so I think back to episodes like that. But And that's why it fails because everyone is too separated constantly. And I think part of it still comes down to old COVID restrictions as well as um i think um matt maybe like because you were saying matt barry maybe he wasn't completely available because he did another series of um that show where he's the um, he does the voice work yeah you know i'm talking about i know which one you made he did another one of those he did another one of those and i don't know if maybe they were filmed at the same time i don't really know because he's a very popular actor yeah in, all over the world now so he's not he i can see him not being as available as everybody else is 
now because and I'm you know they all have their other work of course but he compared to him like I don't feel like they they have nearly the same issues and that was the other issue I had with him in the season before this cuz he was barely I felt barely in that season too and he and it was with him with Colin Robinson Mike are we watching the same show I'm so sorry are we watching the same show <laughs> Laszlo had a huge arc in last season he was raising Colin Robinson he was in every single episode for a good chunk of time That's the thing is he same thing with this he interacted season with Harvey. Purely, but that's that's the same. That's, that's what I'm saying. It's the same thing. He purely interacted with one other person, but not the rest of the ensemble. It was the same. It had the same issue with Laszlo yeah, at the time. Just, it wasn't noticeable. But to me. everybody. Well, that the reason it wasn't as noticeable is because everyone else still interacted with each other, except for him. But then you also have Kristen Shaw, who was a great uh, uh, guest star as the guide. You know, she's just there as part of the vampiric council, and everybody's kind of freaked out about her and you know, a little intimidated by her. And then obviously the cast enjoyed working with her. So they keep bringing her back. And now she lives with them. And literally her season arc plot line is just about how they don't know what to do with her. She's like, well, what am I here to do? Nobody likes me. I just want to be friends. And they're like, eh, you know, no one really cares that she's there. I actually can't be right. I was thinking of season three. The, 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 way, no, the way Laszlo, I felt Laszlo wasn't in a lot of it was in season three. It is season three, but they do start to tend to run together, and I feel like that was part of the weakness of this. It didn't feel distinct the way some of the best seasons do. Yeah, it, I don't think it helped that last season was my favorite season, so I came into this season with sky-high expectations. I think I've rewatched last season at least ten times. Like the, oh, wow. the When they were trying to get baby Colin into that school, that episode where they're interviewing with the guys is a perfect episode to me. Hilarious. But but again, that's the sitcom format. That's what's so great. The vampires interview to get their kid into a private school. That's the episode. Those seasons work, Kim. I agree with you. I think those episodes work because it was all of them there trying to do it. When they send them all off on their own random plot lines, and, and kind of to go off of what Mike was saying, you know, about Guillermo, I think by now it's clear that Guillermo is the heart of the story. It might be an ensemble but he's kind of essentially the lead. 100%. And the audience avatar. And we've seen that journey of like, he's a familiar, he just wants some agency, he just wants some respect and to be treated with dignity, to discovering he's a Van Helsing, to finally making that decision to be a vampire. And now he's kind of a vampire. And maybe he's not crazy about it. It's like, it feels like this was building towards the end of his arc. Whereas I was kind of like, look, we need to move forward with this character either the joke is that he's in the same situation every single episode or we see some real growth from him and the other characters this season did not find a way to reconcile those two impulses there's the dramatic impulse of character development and the comedic impulse of just being silly in any given situation and i don't feel they tied those threads together well this season that's why i disagree about guillermo's storyline is i think guillermo's storyline really explains why the season ends the way it has to end, as well as the decisions evolved with everybody involved with it. And there was like some of the best episodes in this season are the ones that commit to the bit as well as leaving Guillermo to deal with his stuff as well. Like the local news episode is a great episode because that episode keeps their setup the whole way through, but it lets Guillermo's stuff play out the whole way through while also trying to deal with the other setup the whole way through. The same with I feel episode nine was another one that just let everything breathe and then still let Guillermo's storyline breathe at the same time. Th those are the kinds of episodes the whole season needed to be. And that's why it feels like it doesn't work. 
But if you focus only on what is going on in Guillermo's head, as well as what's going on with his life while he's trying to make, like, make reconcile what's going on in his life, it all worked to me. But yeah, yeah. I think I can appreciate what you're saying, but I think they stretched it out too much. I think his Guillermo's whole storyline throughout the ten episodes could have been easily condensed to the first three to five episodes. Because coming into the season, we were we were promised Guillermo is a vampire this season. I ended every episode feeling like, all right, I'm still not getting what I was promised. Still not getting what I was promised. When when am I going to get what I was promised here, guys? Like, come on. we I don't want to see him in this, you know, in-between situation the whole season or however long it is. I, I want what I was promised. And so I feel like I feel like I'm you know, talking to Biden with the student loan forgiveness thing. Like, <laughs> he, I voted for you for a reason, man. You got to turn me into a vampire, Biden. I know just... you're a vampire. <laughs> the news told exactly. me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but then you, but then we wouldn't get the uh, Guillermo bastard offspring, uh, uh, the Dr. Moreau horrors that show up. Oh, yeah. oh my God. It was so like, I know you're trying to do that thing where it's uncomfortable, but also funny. But it feels more just uncomfortable. That was my least favorite episode of the entire season, and uh, which sucks because I really like the B plot that was going on in that episode. There's a lot of B plots in this, and like Mike said, if you follow this focusing on the Guillermo's journey, you're probably going to get quite quite a bit of satisfaction out of it. But I kind of fall with Kim, where you know it, it's an ensemble. The joy of this show has always been about the ensemble. And while I'm not going to spoil the resolution to this season, it does feel like it's just a way rather than leveling up Guillermo or moving him to the next stage in his life. It kind of feels like a return to the status quo, which is what you need in order to re to reset in between episodes of a situation comedy if it's going to last for any season. I mean, I mean, Homer Simpson can't learn any lessons, right? You know, Bart Simpson can't ever get older. I mean, and yet here we are. These people have been the same age for like 40 fucking years. And every season they start off and then episode to episode, they just whatever happened before rarely has any impact. And this show felt like it was trying to give me a satisfying arc over five seasons for Guillermo at the expense of the uh, ensemble, which I enjoy so much. But you know what? Before I go into my final thoughts, uh, let's just go ahead and go into your alls because... I want to hear what you got to say about it. Season five of What We Do in the Shadows. Spider Mike, where do you fall on it? The more I think about the season, the more it, it really is the weakest season. Because I look, I'm looking, I have all the episode lists in front of me for each season because Google has a good way of like showing each one. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, there's so many of the episodes in these past seasons I can rewatch without even like, without having have to need to see the entire season back to back. The best way I can describe the season, and this is going to sound bad, is a re- is the last, not the last episode, but season four of Arrested Development. And I, and I mean the original one. I don't mean the the recut version of it. Because the reason I, I use that one is because that one is a lot of episodes that are based around one specific person in the middle of it on a show that was known for being an ensemble. And that really destroys a lot of the enjoyment for that that season. But it works if you watch the entire thing back to back, because then you see this long running plot that adds everything together. But that's not a good way of watching television. If if your show if your season's only good if it's bingeable and then it makes sense when you binge the whole thing, I don't think it works. 
I think that's the reason this is the weakest season because it just you don't get enough of the vampires interacting. I'm I feel bad about this, but I'm gonna have to give it a seven out of ten crazy veterinarian doctors. <laughs> Which I did love that episode, by the way. I really liked that, that episode. was great. That was the best episode, Urgent Care. Urgent Care. But again, leaning into that format of like, hey, let's put these characters in a new crazy situation. And that's the what the bulk of the episode is about. But Kim, what are your final thoughts? So I know I feel like I've been really harsh on this season just because it really did leave me wanting a lot more. And I did not like... I liked the finale episode, but I didn't like where all the characters ended the season, if that makes sense. Um, but I do appreciate, so I, I want to say some positive things. I did really appreciate that the show explored the city a little bit more. In previous uh, seasons, we would really just stick to the house, the vampire house, and maybe like last season we were at the club a lot, the vampire club. But this season we went to a couple bars, we went to you know, a friend's house in one episode, the Morgan episode. Um, there were episodes in, in like hotels. It was kind of cool to just see them out and about. I wish they were out and about together instead of just one character, like um, Naja in one episode had a, she was working with a witch of, of a sort. And I feel like that could have been a really fun kind of buddy comedy kind of thing with the two people working together to get something figured out but instead it fell really flat to me and then the joke that they set up for it was also not that funny there were just a lot of moments like that where they were bringing these character actors or uh, celebrities just to have a joke that was not hitting for me it was just like oh this John Slathery's here and Nandor likes saying his name haha I don't know. Not really. It just didn't really hit. And then for me, I feel like we had a lot of focus on the guide this season. And I do like the guide, but her stick of like, why don't you guys like me? Got really old really fast for me. Her arc actually did have a really funny payoff at the end. So it worked in that way. But I don't know. I think we've spent too much time with her when I would have much rather had been spending time with Nandor or Guillermo, my, who are my two favorite characters who had very little interaction this season. Another reason I'm going to give it a lower score than usual. Literally, if they just given me one full episode of them paired together, the season probably would have gone up three points for me. But because every episode, Guillermo was distancing himself from Nandor, it was just like, I don't want this. I want them together. They are like the gold for the show for me. I fangirl them together. And then Colin had his own episode as well, the campaign. That episode wasn't that funny for me either. And I do like Colin Robinson, but I think he might do better as kind of the tacked on fourth person or fifth person to the group. You know what I mean? I don't think he can really carry a whole episode by himself. I know he had an episode like that, I think in season one or season two, when he was in the office setting. But even in that episode, he still had interaction with the main gang every now and again. So that worked a little bit better. But his episode of the season, the campaign was just one of the weakest episodes for me because it was a, a, a lot centered around him and being a boring energy vampire. And I just know you guys probably remember they had that scene in the energy vampire council that was so long and so truly boring. I don't know if they were trying to be meta 
if they were actually trying to like suck the soul out of my body with that scene. <laughs> but if they were trying, they succeeded. I actually really laughed at that part before we stopped. I, you that did? I like that episode because, again, it's <laughs> Colin Robinson runs for office. I'm like, yes, this is what I tune in. I want to see these characters do some one dumb thing that's just resolved by the end of the episode. And, you know, the joke being like, no, you're actually too good at this. We actually need you to win. And how hard it is for him to be relatable. Because, like, no, we all run on bureaucracy. You can't, you know, run against an opponent who's going to try to get rid of all the paperwork. It was a really clever bit. I, I'm with you in that that one sequence uh, goes long. But... I like that sequence, but that's just me. <laughs> okay, we're on different pages. That's completely fine. I just thought, I just I just like that part a lot. I just no, wanted to bring yeah, it up. I... I... I'm happy that y'all found enjoyment out of it. My whole thing with the show is how rewatchable is it? In this season, I woke up today at about 8 o'clock. I have plenty of time to rewatch some of the episodes to kind of refresh for this review. And I was looking through the episodes and I was like, hmm, don't really want to rewatch that. Don't really want to rewatch that. Now, season four, <laughs> like maybe I'll rewatch some of those episodes. But this season, other than the urgent care in the finale, none of them really had that rewatchability factor for me i'm not i'm not clamoring they're like oh let me you know hear that joke again but other seasons there are episodes i could watch 10 times and i'll laugh at the exact same jokes because they were just that good to me um and then last thing just to wrap it up other than um it not being as rewatchable i really felt like they gave nandor the idiot ball this season even more than normally and they did that the whole season where he was just a complete moron i think that's funny in small doses that he can be a little obtuse, but this season he was just like, had had no no knowledge of anything. It, it was just to a stupid level. And then in the last episode, suddenly he's Mr. Wise Guy. He knows he knows all the vampire rules, tips and tricks. And I'm like, well, why are you smart now? You've been stupid the whole season, but whatever. Because if he figured out what was going on with Guillermo, we could have ended this season in three episodes. Or we could have got the season going in three episodes. But... Yeah, they just had to conveniently keep him dumb until the finale. So, but you know, I hear you. And I'm sorry to interrupt you again. Uh, so what's your final, uh, what's your final arbitrary rating? Uh, final rating is going to be six out of 10 random actor cameos. So many just random actors. And they were themselves, which is what made them so random. When John Slattery showed up and you saw how he reacted to Colin Robinson without spoiling anything, did you all think that was going to go completely different? Because I did. I was like, oh. oh. I thought he was going to turn out to be an energy vampire. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a great twist. He's like, no, it's just a guy who likes Colin Robinson's accent. It was so weird and random. He was just being a weird guy. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but again, the great joke of like, we got to get out of here. And they just jump out of the cars. <laughs> it's fantastic. His like his makes sense, though, in, in the context of the episode. Not so much the Patton Oswalt one. I don't want to talk too much about that because that's a good one. Uh, and that's also what my final rating was going to be. Kim almost beat me to it, but I think I can still do it. Guys, I, I'm with you all across the board. I think the frustrations and the things that you like are the same things that appeal to me or didn't appeal to me this season. Uh, as I've already said, I think this show is best when it's episodic. Some of the season-long arcs, and now series-long arcs, uh, can be interesting, but they run the risk of ruining the format in which it works best. I mean, after five seasons of Guillermo's journey, I'm not convinced that it was worth the ride. Uh, I enjoyed the individual episodes, 
and I know why they wanted to go through that journey with him. But after five seasons, I'm like, I need some resolution on this. And what they gave me kind of felt like a bunt. After five seasons, this has to mean something. Don't tell me it doesn't mean anything by the end. I know what you're trying to do, but I kind of felt like at the end of the day, they're just going like, you know, we're better when we're not dealing with these series-long character studies. Let's just find a way to wrap up Guillermo's story and get us all back to the status quo of season one, and so we can start all over again. And like Mike said, I kind of felt like this was feeling like a final season. This felt like, oh, this is where all the pieces are going to finally fall together just for them to go, eh, maybe we'll be back and we'll just start fresh. I always enjoy this series. Even some of the weaker episodes always have something in it to make me laugh. But if they come back for a sixth season, I need them to lean into what they're really good at. And so far, I think that's the standalone, highly rewatchable episodes that you guys have alluded to where they just explore the situation comedy aspects of this well-tuned ensemble, which has now already grown officially too big. You know your ensemble is too big when your latest member, uh, their entire season arc is about how they're just extraneous to the group. It's like the writers themselves know we've added this character in and we don't really need her and no one likes her and we don't have any real uh, comedic or dramatic material to give her, so why is she here? If this were their final season, I'd feel kind of disappointed if this was what it was always building towards. So until I see that sixth season, I'm not sure if I even know exactly how I feel about season five. Uh, So for now, I'm just going to have to give this six out of ten Patton Oswalt cameos that fell flat. (laughs) I do appreciate the fact that Nandor is like, I have no idea what you've been in. He's like, I was in the Ratatouille. He's like, I don't watch animation. (laughs) Of all the things for him to say... (laughs) Yeah, all the things for the bring up. And even if he did, I don't think Nando would have any fucking idea. Yeah, it's like, you know, very good listener, Patton Oswalt, but this is about me, not you. (laughs) There's so many moments like that that are great that I just go, I'm sitting there going, this is kind of weak, and then that'll happen. And I'll be like, oh, I love this fucking show. That's really the issue with the season is you you see glimpses as to why you remember loving each season prior to this point, and then... Do you think about these past episodes? I'm like, I can only rewatch maybe like three out of the 10 of these episodes. And that's a maybe. Yeah. Like Kim was saying, I think Urgent Care was also the highlight of the series for me, just because I love the idea that they're basically, it's like the old uh, Far Side cartoon about horse veterinarians and like everything in the textbook, no matter what disease it is, the only recommended treatment is just shooting the horse. You know, it's like, that's kind of like, oh, he's already, he's 40, he's he's ancient, you know, he could die at any minute. The vets, yeah, his explanations were killing me, because, yeah, he was like, he twisted his ankle, he, you know, it, he's done. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the, the, just a great idea that the there's basically a veterinary hospital that's just for familiars. That's a great idea. And that's when this show's so fucking good. Like that Pride Parade, I, I agree with you, Mike. That should have been the whole fucking show. That should have been half that episode, if not more. And it's just kind of tacked on at the end. If I hadn't given it the rating I did, I probably would have picked uh, six out of ten. I'm doing gay stuff over here, t-shirts. <laughs> that was that was the thing. That was my other idea was the rating because that stuck with me so much. I want one of those shirts. Just remember to get an extra, extra, extra large and cover every inch of your body before going out into the uh, hot, horrible, bright outdoors right now. Uh, unless you found a way to find somebody uh, sweat to put all over your body, but... What you do in your own time is your business. 